Welcome back, everybody. This is Eric and Chad here with Iraq Veteran 8888. Today, we've got another gun gripe episode for you. All right. And we're going to be talking about the gun rush or the mad rush. All right. And uh, this one's going to go down some different rabbit holes, and you might have heard from us before. And uh, we'll sort of discuss that a bit here as we go. Uh, before we get too far into it, uh, definitely like to thank our friends at SDI for supporting gun gripes. If you're interested in career and firearms technology and you want to increase your scope of knowledge, they are a great online learning source that's worth looking into. Uh, they accept GI Bill and all that good stuff. Uh, so put those uh, GI Bills to work for you if you're former <laughs> military or if you just want to look at a great school. They're definitely a good group of people to look into. Uh, Sonoran Desert Institute. Really, You good served folks. your country. Let us serve you. That's right. <laughs> well, <laughs> all right. So we're going to get into this a bit. And uh, this is sort of in reference to all of this buying that's going on, right? Mm. Ever since the coronavirus thing uh, sort of struck out, you know, it seems like um, around SHOT Show of last year, um, you know, everyone always gets a SHOT Show crud, but getting out of SHOT Show, you know, the coronavirus kind of started to really be a thing, right? Mm -hmm. And they started to make a big deal about it, and you started having all the lockdowns and stuff. And it seems like when that started happening is when you saw this huge influx of people, um, you know, buying guns and ammunition mm -hmm. and accessories. So what this gripe sort of gets into is uh, not only sort of, I guess, the, the Johnny-come-lately type of uh, mindset, but also... It's it's really an unprecedented amount of people being new in the firearms industry because not only do you have the 2020 presidential election uh, that occurred and everything, so during an election year, you're always going to see a lot more um, guns and ammunition being sold, but I think it just really compounded upon itself, like imploded upon itself when you take an election year and then you add this coronavirus thing and all of the uncertainties uh, that could result from that, and then all the looting and rioting and all of this stuff going on, and, and I guess political duress, would you mm -hmm. would you say there? And uh, it creates a, I don't want to say a perfect storm, an imperfect storm of situations. And uh, um, you've probably seen the uh, uh, video that the guys at Federal made about ammunition availability, and I'm sure you've seen tons of, uh, you know, price increase letters being sent out. I know um, Winchester sent one out recently. Uh, Remington uh, released one at some point. I know, of course, Federal sent one out to their distributors and dealers saying, hey, there's going to be, you know, like a, I think between a 12 and 15% increase on um, centerfire pistol ammunition. So a lot of people are kind of wondering, hey, are prices on ammo ever going to go down? Are guns ever going to be available again? What the heck's going on? So I guess that's what we're getting into here. All right. So before we move on, <laughs> where'd you get that cool shirt? Oh, I got this cool shirt at Ballistic Inc. You can get one too. I will go check them out. You should, Chad. Ding. All right. Ding. Anyway. <laughs> all right. So like with with the like Eric mentioned, all these things just happen at once, kind of compounding on, upon each other. And then an election year, I mean, that's like the ultimate icing on the cake. Okay, when it comes to this mad rush on, on firearms. But we were discussing this earlier, and it's not really just a mad rush on, on guns. It kind of happens in other, you know, fields as well. I mean, you look back when coronavirus started, food was unavailable, okay, at local grocery stores. I mean, like, people were going and buying food and supplies and things, and like toilet paper. Yeah, the rush okay? on toilet paper, I mean, <laughs> hand sanitizer, paper towels. <laughs> you are a person who shops on a daily basis, and you go to the store to get your normal day's worth of groceries, and there is nothing to buy, and you are woefully unprepared. Well, you are a Johnny-come-lately. Um, so I think it drove a lot of people okay, into gardening, 
their own home food preservation, like we talked talked about in the past, like with the home canning and stuff like that, and the dehydrating of things, and uh, you know, just buying more when you can and storing it for a rainy day, having an emergency supply. I think that put that into a lot of people's minds. Uh, and then firearms. You know, a lot of people may not have really thought about owning a gun before everything kind of got going, and we started having all the riots and things like that, and all the political unrest, and just the uncertainty with law enforcement being available. You know, to come to someone's aid if they called nine one one. Yeah, with all these uh, talks about defunding the police departments in these major municipalities and such, just all this craziness. Okay, I think it's really put a bug in people's minds uh, as far as being more prepared. All right, so if you were previously, okay, a gun owner and you were just kind of like resting on your laurels and you you said, well, I'm not really going to put some extra money uh, each month toward ammo, you know, because I don't really shoot that often and everything like that. But now, like, since everybody's buying ammo and buying guns, you're like, oh, well, I need to go get mine. Well, that's what kind of leads to these price increases because there's such an exponentially high demand for firearms and ammunition, especially. That's been driving the cost up. That's what drives the component cost up because of the demand, okay? These they they just can't produce it fast enough. I think there's a so, two-pronged uh, a two-pronged sort of devil to look at here. One would be the fact that these ammunition manufacturers, they can't just ramp up overnight. They no. can't snap their fingers and just magically produce more ammunition. They're producing ammo at the quantities that they've never produced before. Like they're producing more ammo than they ever have and they're working 24/7 very diligently. We call that being at capacity. Yes, they yeah. are at capacity. So, you don't just snap your fingers and make it happen overnight and mm. you got to hire more people, you got to train them, you got to get more machines if necessary. All of that stuff mm. has a cost. So, where I would say, all right, there's been a component increase that I keep talking about. I, I, I would seriously doubt it's actual components that might cost more. I, I'm sure that's a factor, but it's also just the increase in demand causing them to want to ramp up production. You know, they have to buy more machines. They got to train people. They got to hire people. And all of that has a certain risk associated with it, right? You wouldn't produce ammo for the same price after having that increase in overhead. That overhead can come in a lot of different ways, right? So, because people are buying ammunition at a completely unprecedented rate, right? And there's what uh, I think estimates are between 10 and 12 million new gun owners, and probably conservatively way, way higher than that, right? That's just ones that we know of that have submitted next background checks. That doesn't include private sales, that doesn't include people making their own firearms, etc. Uh, all of that sort of thing, or being passed down mm. a gun from a loved one who passed away or something. So there's all these different mm. situations where someone may become a gun owner, right? It could even be as simple as, you know, that random neighbor of yours who always was on the fence about gun ownership mm. and maybe just knows that random uncle of theirs, right, that has a, uh, you know, a gun they can borrow for a while or something. It doesn't matter the circumstances under which the ownership takes place. But that those particular guns in question need food, mm. and ammunition is the food, magazines, yeah. all of those sorts of things. So mm. uh, I think the that's one you know big aspect of it is you know they have to hire more people, and that mm. costs more money. And then the demand, like Chad said, mm. if people just I know it's hard to wrap <laughs> your mind around, but if people just stop buying the crap at an inflated price for a month or two months. Guess what? The price will go back down. Because supply will increase. Supply increases, demand decreases, therefore price decreases. So the the increased demand is what's really fueling all this, like I mentioned. And it goes all the way to the the not only the components suppliers, but see, the component suppliers have to get their raw materials from somewhere. Well, all that demand rolls downhill. So 
Okay, you're at a gun store. You are demanding ammunition. Well, where does that ammo come from? Well, it comes from an ammunition manufacturer who gets their components from a component supplier, who gets their raw materials from a raw material supplier. You know, and that supplier is digging that stuff up out of the ground. I mean, because what does ammo consist of? Brass, you know, sulfur, gunpowder. I mean, all these things have raw material components to them. And it goes all the way back. So, like Eric said, if people would just like cease the demand, okay, then prices would stabilize because we are paying an inflated price for ammunition, okay? The cost has gone up some, but the cost on the shelf because the retailers want to keep the supply that they have because otherwise they have nothing to sell at all. That's how economics works. That's how supply and demand works, okay? So another thing that we discussed, all right, was being ready, okay, consists of, okay, having emergency supplies at your ready. Food, medical supplies, firearms and ammunition, and an ample supply, okay? Uh, you know, most people have a little bit of a budget, okay? They can say, okay, I'm not going to buy this this junk off Amazon or whatever, okay? I'm going to put that money toward a few boxes of ammunition. Well, if you buy a few extra boxes of ammo each month, okay, when times are good, then you have a, a considerable supply of ammunition. And then when times are bad, well, guess what? Focus on something else. Like, when all this stuff started and the mad rush on guns started, I started buying more ham radio equipment that I'd been kind of putting off for a while because there wasn't a huge demand increase for ham radio equipment and the prices weren't going anywhere. Uh, there were some components and things that were uh, unable to be shipped to some of the manufacturers for some of the newest radios that were coming out and uh, some of the releases of like the ICOM 705. It was delayed for several months because they weren't able to get the components in to build these radios. But aside from that, I mean, everything was plentiful. Uh, you know, there was a mad rush on gardening and stuff like that. Like I mentioned before, seeds and things like that were hard to come by. So I was kind of in that ballpark. I wanted to get back into it. But then I was kind of fighting with the mad rush and paying a sort of in inflated rate here and there on, on components and things like that, like for canning and whatnot, you know, to get back into that. But the folks who had been doing that for years and years just sat back and went... Ah, well, I'm ready. I guess I'll just go and buy me some books or whatever. I mean, well, it's just to be fair, some someone who is uber prepared in that aspect, whether let's just say they have a good uh, amount of knowledge on food storage, uh, maybe they have a great amount of you know extra food on hand and really good storage regimen and a cycle uh, that they can you know cycle their food out mm. and, and and everything rotate their uh, supply and all. Maybe they have a, a good supply of ammunition, guns knowledge, things like that, right? Water purification, I mean, whatever, right? That person that is uber prepared at some point wasn't, mm -hmm. right? So there's nothing wrong with having the attitude of, well, you know what? I've never owned a gun. Now I've got one and I want to have a little bit of ammo mm -hmm. on hand. Well, guess what? If you got to pay more for it, it is what it is. Unfortunately, there's yeah. no way around that at this particular point, but you don't always, it's like I've always said before, if you're having a nightmare, it doesn't mean you have to dream forever. It doesn't mean you have to sleep forever and have that nightmare forever. One day you can wake up and you come back from it, right? So um, the thing is, don't, don't feel ashamed if you weren't ready and it took something like 2020 mm -hmm. hitting us in the face with a giant hammer for you to understand, hey, maybe I need to think about this a little bit better. I mean, I only recently got into pressure canning. And but to to allude back to what Chad said and to support what what Chad's argument was there or what he what he mentioned there was that I mean my pressure canner that I purchased recently was not a super inflated price. Mm -hmm. uh, now granted, a relatively expensive pressure canner, you know the American ones are, are pretty pretty pricey, mm -hmm. but not necessarily any more pricey than any any other time, right? So 
you know, yeah, did I wait a while to get into pressure canning? I did. But like I can go to my local grocery store and when I go and do my shopping, I walk by the canning aisle and nine times out of 10, almost every time they have jars in stock. Uh, they sometimes have uh, flats in stock, not always, but I've seen, you know, they've got jars. Uh, they've got plenty of, uh, you know, pickling salt and mm -hmm. canning accessories and things of that nature, plenty of bullion and random things. So it's not like it's not available and it's not like the prices are at some astronomical rate. Now, I'll mention something else, too. Uh, Chad and I were talking about earlier before we turned the camera on. And I don't want to go far down this rabbit hole because I know a lot of you guys aren't musicians and maybe you don't care about this. But it, it this is kind of a life lesson and not necessarily so much uh, related to firearms specifically, but it is related to this topic. Uh, you guys may or may not know, but we've got a guitar channel that we do. It's called Guitarsonal, and we do uh, various uh, you know reviews of effects pedals and amps and, and music equipment. You know, so the thing is, it's like yeah, while well, there's this big run on guns, right, and everyone's buying guns at some astronomical price, and ammo is is selling at an astronomical price. I don't want this to sound the wrong way and I don't want it to sound like it's predatory or, or, or some kind of thing like that. But like, look, the, the musicians of our country have been going through a really crappy time, right? You know, all the COVID stuff has put a terrible pinch on gigging musicians that are out there trying to make a living playing music. And some of these people, that's what they do for a living is they go out and they play gigs and COVID has put a considerable pinch on that. And a lot of these folks' livelihoods have been completely at stake as a result of this, right? I mean, the bar industry, the service industry, musicians, DJs, doesn't matter. Anyone in the entertainment industry, even if you're a singer or a dancer or, a, or whatever you do, you know, you might be in the performing arts, for instance. Anything that requires an audience or people to get together in one place has been affected by COVID, right? The point I'm making is that while, while there's this mad rush on guns and ammo, you know, lots of music gear, for instance. You know, he mentioned radio equipment, you know, maybe food and food storage and canning. But even like, in my case, music equipment, you know, the prices have never been lower. And I hate to make it sound terrible, but it's like, yeah, some folks are selling, flocking their gear for really low prices because they can't even keep food on the table because of COVID. And it's terrible and it sucks and it's horrible. But there are places where you have to decide, okay, you know, don't buy high, buy low, right? Mm -hmm. And and that comes in a lot of different forms, right? So you you pick your, I guess the point I'm making is you pick your battles mm -hmm. accordingly, right? If you don't have to buy at an astronomically high rate when it comes to a certain commodity, then don't do it. Yep. If you can buy a certain commodity at a much lower than normal rate, well, then by all means, if you have the ability and you're lucky enough to be able to do it, then by all means do it. I guess yeah. that's the point I'm trying to make. I mean, it, it doesn't, it's not a bad thing to be an opportunist if you're able to. But I mean, you know, when we were younger, I mean, we were those people that were like flocking gear and stuff just to make ends meet sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and that's a point that I think everybody goes through in their life. But then you kind of come to a place where you're, you're stabilized, you know, relatively speaking, you know, financially, and you're able to put a little bit of extra money to the side where the case is and budget things out a little bit better and have money to take advantage of these opportunities when they do arise. Um, one last thing that I want to mention, too, is, you know, if if you're a person who has a, an ample supply of firearms and ammunition and things like that, and you, you've got some extra money, you, you want to buy more ammo, but you're not going to pay these inflated prices. Well, don't pay the inflated prices and take that extra money that you would be spending on 
just the overage of the cost. or guns or whatever. Uh, <laughs> take it and invest in the stock market. I mean, I just recently kind of changed up my IRAs a little bit because, you know, we're coming into a new presidency, a new administration, okay? And, you know, there's talk of a bear market kind of hitting and stuff. The economy sort of, you know, taking a little bit of a dip and all. And it's a perfect time to invest. So I'm taking extra money and putting it into the stock market and putting it into the precious metals and things like that. Because well, I've heard Twitter stock is uh, really cheap. Right? <laughs> yeah, Twitter's <laughs> really cheap right now. But you know, a lot of people will 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 find that okay. Well, I'm not going to buy high. You know, these other things that I, I have a hobby in. Okay, but I mean, this is like mine and my wife's retirement. Okay, and I put into you know 529 accounts for my kids for college and stuff like that. And then I've got another account as well. But you know, sometimes when the market changes a little bit, I'll I'll put more into like equities, you know, so a little bit more high risk stuff because I can buy it low. And then when the, the economy does eventually kind of come back up, you know, then I'm kind of sitting pretty, you know, and then I'll level things back out again and just play with it a bit. Uh, I'm, I'm no like investment wizard or anything. I just kind of go by the advice I'm given. But, um, you know, just focus on focus on what needs to be, you know, paid attention to at the moment, like you know, oh my God, I can't get guns and ammo. It's like, well, get what you need, you know, and just wait until everything levels off. And then you can start, you know, building your stock up, I guess, you know, building your emergency supplies back up and, you know, just choose your battles. Like Eric said, okay, you know, when ammo and guns and everything are real high, well, put your money in, in preparing all your food stores, dry goods, you know, vacuum sealers, prepare, like buy vacuum bags, buy canning equipment, buy cans or all jars. All of which is you know? relatively available. And it's somewhat normalized. And like Eric mentioned, the flats, you know, the flats are still hard to find. Uh, for you guys watching that don't understand canning, you take a glass jar, you take a little, you know, flat, it's the lid, and you put it into a pressure vessel and you apply heat and pressure to it and it comes out as food that's able to be stored at room temperature, okay, on the shelf. But the flats seal that product in, all right? There's a company called Tadler that I've been ordering from on a monthly basis, just as my budget allows, but I've been getting these lids that are indefinitely reusable until the silicone seal will fail, like maybe down the line, 20, 25 years down the line. And People they can't have, corrode, No, they're, which they're, is nice. They're like indefinitely reusable canning lids, okay? <laughs> so I don't ever have to buy flats again, Okay, as long as I've got these lids, but they're very expensive. They're, they're like 60 cents a piece. 60 to 80 cents a piece. All right, so it's going to take a lot of time for me to realize that that cost coming back to me. But I'm using this time instead of buying more ammo to buy like these lids and things that I can get right now and maybe some other kitchen equipment and things like that that I've been wanting for a while. And then when ammo prices come back down, well, I'll start buying some more ammo to replace the stock that we've been using. So you, you do have to kind of pick your battles and don't fall into the mad rush unless you're just literally stuck there. I mean, we know there are people out there that are literally stuck there. They just chose to become a gun owner and they're just in the fold with everybody else, you know, in this period of increased demand. And you're kind of stuck there. But take this lesson and learn from it when everything levels back off down the line. Yeah, and I think also, too, that it, it's a seller's market right now. It is. Uh, and also the, the home market, right? Uh, you know, the housing mm. market is a seller's market. It was never a better time to sell your home. Unless you right live now. in the city. Well, yeah, that's, that's right. I mean, yeah, like doctors I mean, and lawyers and, and really anybody, it, a lot of people are, are trying to have a mass exodus to get away from the cities, and they're wanting rural property that's, you know, just 30 minutes shy of a major city. I mean that that land has an extremely good value, and mm. a good home is certainly worth you know a lot right now, and it's a seller's market. So, uh, I think the most important takeaway from this video is 
don't put all your eggs in one basket. Mm -hmm. Another thing to uh, consider, like, you know, if you got some spare money, and something that I guarantee you a lot of people are not looking at right now, not even beginning to look at, are uh, just good old-fashioned books. Mm -hmm. All right? You, you can go to your local flea market or your local second-hand store or maybe even a, a small bookstore in your town, and there is a treasure trove of knowledge at your fingertips mm -hmm. that can't be canceled or censored or, or destroyed or put away. It's a hard copy of knowledge, mm -hmm. right? Physical books are a good thing to have, right? You know, mm. consider getting, you know, um, volumes on canning and, you know, think like how to identify, you know, natural herbs in the environment and dangerous plants. I mean, a lot of people don't know. They think, oh, that plant's edible and then they eat it and they're sick, right? Simple little things like that that we take for granted, right? Such as just a simple volume on medicinal plants or like what's what, even just what's poisonous and what's not. You know, a lot of plants that are edible look like you know, um, something that's not right. So you got to be careful, make sure you can identify certain things. I mean, tons of volumes out there. doesn't matter. Even if it's just, you know, your favorite book that you've always liked and maybe you have it on an, on an ebook or whatever, consider, consider going and getting a hard copy as well, because there's a lot of things we take for granted in the, in the technological, uh, you know, universe that we live in and everything is just such high technology and, you know, we're carrying around a supercomputer in our hands. And while that's cool and while it's awesome and it's neat, uh, don't take for granted uh, a good hard copy of books and various volumes. Yeah, I would just consider looking at that and you can pick that stuff up for next to nothing. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's literally just a great way uh, to get some really good knowledge under your fingertips and have it on hand forever uh, and not have to spend a lot of money. While people are distracted by other things, think outside the box and think of other areas of interest that you're into that you can get into at a much more obtainable rate. And then when the prices mellow back out, things get a little bit back to normal. It'll it'll uh, come back down. You remember the encyclopedia salesman that would come door to door when we were kids? Mm -hmm. So we bought the volume library, and like I still have it. And you know, like I'll show stuff in there to my kids occasionally, and they're like, "What is this?" And like it's an encyclopedia. An encyclo what? Encyclopedia? What? Huh? What's that? But like, God, man, I've seen encyclopedia sets at like Goodwill for ten bucks. Also, I mean, maps. Oh, yeah, you know, absolutely if, maps. Definitely make sure, you know, I, I would make sure you have, you know, a good set of maps mm -hmm. for your local area. People take for granted technology, right? So mm -hmm. I think it's important to remember that, you know, you, so many young people now, mm -hmm. and, and I'm not trying to sound like some old boomer or whatever, but so many young folks do not <laughs> understand just basic uh, map reading skills, how to plan a route. Look, challenge yourself, right? Challenge yourself sometime, right? And, um, Plan a trip with your family, use a map, and plan a route, and and make it a point to follow the route on the map, and not and don't use your GPS on your phone. And you'll see that it's it's really not difficult, but it, it can be a lost skill if you never do it right. But I remember the days of having to plan a route. There you go. And use your trip counter on your vehicle to go. All right, I gotta go, I gotta I gotta go down this road for twenty miles, and then I gotta turn here, and then be, mm. and then. You know, keeping track of where I'm at and going, yep. oh, I'm at this road and then mark it on the map. All right, I got to go here. So planning a route is mm -hmm. a lost skill and uh, something simple like just a good map. I keep, you know, a, help I keep a map of my home state in my EDC backpack. There you go. And anywhere that we travel, I keep a map. Like we travel to Florida a good bit. We travel to North Carolina or Tennessee. I keep a map of each one of those states. And then Smart. I've got a U.S. map, too, in the vehicle. But 
Very, very good point to bring up. Important, right? So guys, uh, don't panic, all right? I, I know that there's a lot of people that are, you know, new to gun ownership. They're new to buying ammo and they don't understand, you know, quickly I'll mention, you know, John was telling me about uh, one of our, our guys here that works with us, John, um, the local range, right? He went down the local range and there was guys paying like 90 bucks a box for a box of 380 and then going into the range and shooting the whole box at the range. So literally spending 90 bucks to shoot the 380 to practice, not even to take the ammo home and keep it in their gun or buying defensive ammunition. We're talking just ball ammo and then immediately going into the range and burning it up. Man. Buying 556 for a dollar, dollar 50 a shot. It's just crazy it to think what insane. the prices have gone up to. It is. But don't panic. It will level out. It will get better, all right? Just uh have faith and and try to be smart about what you're dealing with, mm -hmm. okay? Guys, have a great day. We really appreciate you watching today's Gun Gripe. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I would like to take a moment to thank all of our wonderful Patreon supporters. You are amazing. Thank you for seeing value in what we do. Consider going over to Ballistic Inc., picking yourself up a snazzy tea. Ding! So you can be cool like me. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was a dad joke. But anyway, so you, you can be a cool guy with what, a, a nice shirt here. Uh, also, our man cans. We've got some great ones that we're putting together. Gear that we hand select just for you guys. Consider going and picking up a box. Uh, you know, And also, the boxes we're putting together are really useful stuff. Medical supplies, um, you know, outdoor survival equipment and things. So all useful things that will definitely benefit your everyday life and can be a great addition to your kit. So check them out. Guys, thank you so much. Many more videos on the way. We'll see you next time. Take care, guys.